Hello and welcome to the first episode of our new show, The I and A Show. And I am your host, Ismail. And with me here is my co-host, who is... Abdullah. Okay, and we are just, you know, here to talk about some football. So let's get straight into the action. Um, with the transfer window coming up, we have a lot of... We have a lot of transfer rumors and a lot of speculations, as always, during the transfer window. Some players have some contracts which their clubs would like to settle before the season ends. If not, they are liable to pick a club this January transfer. Players like Mbappé can actually get a club this transfer. You know that? Players like yeah. Mbappé, players like Pogba, they could pick a club this January transfer. And this January transfer could be important for clubs like PSG and Man United for that reason. Man United have also said that Martial is going. What do you make of this time at Man United? Could he have been better or...? time at Manchester United was, was, in, was, I would say, average because he started like a house on fire and then his career started going down until, I think, last season under Ole. He and Rashford, they had a very good season. Scoring up to like 20 plus goals, which were very brilliant for their previous performance. But unfortunately, with the return of Cristiano and some other signings like Sancho, Cavani, Rash- um, Martial has not been able to make it into the top level and it has really affected his career. I think one of the best choices he'll make in his career is to leave Manchester United and go wherever he wants to go. What club, Newcastle? Yeah, I think Newcastle too. I would have advised him. He moved to a club like Dortmund or Monaco. He should go back to Monaco where he'll see opportunity. But Newcastle for a new team is not bad. Newcastle would most definitely give him an... But also at Newcastle, where is he going to get the service? Well, um, Newcastle will not just sign Anthony Marshall and leave other positions. Obviously, yeah, true, true, true. on all other positions and, you know, to make the team better. And... Uh, there are some few signings I think will really make and make, make them a very solid thing. That's the ultimate goal for Newcastle this season. Yeah. Because the way their season have gone, uh, they are in a relegation battle, whether you like it or not. And the general transfer, they need to be as close as possible to the other teams. You know, that win yeah, that they had like two weeks ago was very important because if they are transfer winless, into that made their work a lot harder. Yeah, it's very, this, this general transfer and that uh, match was very, very, very crucial. I, I see, I see them get a qualification based on this transfer. Like if they don't make yeah. use of these beautiful, find good players, nice players that you know that can do the work for them, I don't think they have any chance of staying. Especially with that, their um, their first eleven full of average players here and there. I don't think say say Mazma is the guy I want to build your team around at every day. I think he's just another Adama Traore. No, just like that's my take on Saint Maxima. I see Saint Maxima as a Vinicius that need to be talked to, improve on his work, his ethics. You know, he can become a better player. I've seen him sometimes, few times. You know, building, making goals out of nothing, and you know he's that type of Vinicius player. Like we've seen also sometimes. Yes, yes. Okay, maybe a good coach would be good for Saint Maxima. Like yeah, what Angel? Yeah. yeah, I understand. But at the same time, which other players can Newcastle get this this January? Uh, Newcastle. Look, I, I I would have advised Coutinho, but I think it's too early. 
considering their position, they, even beyond Coutinho, I think they should go for players like Isco and Ames hmm. Rodriguez. They should bring those guys back together. I see them, their careers hmm. are not finished. They can still get things out of those guys. But I don't know. I'm not sure those players will want to join Newcastle based on their current position. Mm-hmm. The thing is that they have to just convince those players that it's a plan. And yeah, obviously. Yeah. And, and another and everything. Yeah, salary will not be an issue for these guys. Yeah, I know, I know. Salary they will not be an issue. Them. They really have to prove to them that there's money on ground. It's not just about the salary to cover and everything. Yeah. It's going to be difficult and it's going to be a spectacle, really. I would love to see what Newcastle does this January transfer. What can Rafinha add to Bayern Munich that Bayern Munich doesn't already have? Well, obviously, I don't, I'm not really sure why Bayern wants to sign Rafinha, considering the amount of players they have for the attack. But no one ever knows why Bayern wants to do anything. You can yeah. just say it's just another plot. We, are, we wait to see what they want to do. I don't think they really need, need Rafinha. You know, with rumors that Lewandowski is leaving in the summer, yes. um, they want to reinforce. But Rafinha is not the guy that you build your attack around, obviously. Well, not a type of attack. Lewandowski, I would say, is a striker. And Rafinha yes, is Rafinha a is a striker. He's a winger. Yeah. He's a playmaker. Yeah. So, yeah, he scores, but he's not the Lewandowski type of guy. Yeah. So, so they might get Haaland. I hope not. Yes. I know, yeah, Haaland is like the guy that can replace Lewandowski, not Rafinha. Like, I see no reason why they want to sign Rafinha. No reason. But Bayern have so many wingers. I mean, they have Gnabry, Koeman. Yeah. I think they have Douglas Costa, Lerensani. Koeman is leaving. Oh. Lack of game time, maybe. Uh, maybe lack of game time and then injury problems too. Maybe that's one of the reason why Bayern wants to replace him and sign Rafinha. The more consistent yes. Rafinha. <sighs> maybe. Wait to see because Bayern Munich are very, very crazy with how they sign players. They just sign and they will just build the team and they just come and beat everybody. So, wait to see how Rafinha, wait to see how Rafinha goes. What's up with Leeds this season? Talking about Leeds, what's up with Leeds this season? Marcelo Bielsa is, is a genius, but what's happening this season? They are shipping in goals, man. Guy, they are shipping in goals. If by my calculation, I think this is Leeds. Is it second season or third season in the Premier League? Second. Second. And I see it as, you know, it's Premier League. No team, you, you can't use a particular tactic in the Premier League and come back with that same tactic. <laughs> For this season, you most definitely... Other teams will most, de- most definitely find ways to beat you. That's, and I think, that's football for you. Like people always find a way. Yeah, I think that's wrong. Was one of the main things and one of the main things happening with Leeds this season is really really affecting them. Their their, their manitas tactics is no longer working. The attack, attack, attack. You know, is really affecting them a lot. It's... Their defense and everything. Yeah, and it's fun to watch, but at the same time, they're getting more the left and right. They're oh, getting yes, more the left and right. I don't think it's and also, really COVID, and also the COVID issues as well. I'll yeah. talk about COVID. My, about this COVID thing, I'm just like, I don't want this Premier League season to be decided up, like, to be decided by who are the least amount of COVID cases. I don't, I don't want that. Okay. 
well and the way the Premier League is just postponing matches you know Chelsea their last two matches I don't like Chelsea but I don't think those matches should have held fine they had players but they didn't they, they had to field in like two keepers on their bench and their bench was not even up to the complete bench yeah I think they had nine cases the coach had exactly, nine cases and, and he had to because they don't have um, the amount of so they now went they, they now made their game go ahead even if they, they even if they did not have a striker obviously it's the Premier League sometimes you don't know why they do some of this stuff but I see that Chelsea is a big team one of the factors that Chelsea is a big team and then the amount of players they had you know they really used it against Chelsea to make the game go on and you know there, there were some cases yeah. that were not as bad as Chelsea that were not as bad as Chelsea's and you know they had to like postpone those matches but no one ever knows um Premier why Premier League does some of these things but it has, but it has really worked it has worked Sheep have dropped points I mean you guys have dropped like four points pre today's win you guys dropped you guys drew back to back yeah so. obviously, obviously affected but if I look at it from my point of view as a football fan I will obviously like to watch my team play. I don't yes. except for like very very serious cases. Maybe like half of the team members, or maybe all the team members have COVID. But if there are still players to play, I see no reason why the match you get postponed, except on very serious cases. But my United matches got postponed, which I didn't like because I wanted to watch my United. But at the same time, like who will play? Well, I'm not. I don't really know have news about Manchester United, but the fact that the match was cancelled, I I I feel they had a lot of cases. But I think when I was I think they are like thirteen or so. Yeah, you know, it depends was, on the number of people with the cases. That's how much. I don't want Premier League season to be defined like those two matches that Chelsea drew. If their squad was complete, they would have won those matches, or they would have had higher chance to win those matches. Yeah, we, we, they would have higher chances. Obviously, we don't know. They could have a full squad, and you, you saw like today's yes. match. Like today's match, nobody, nobody, you know, we had almost a full squad, and we barely won the game, if not of the second half brilliance of Romelu Lukaku. No, we could have lost the match. <laughs> I remember when this James scored the goal, I was so happy. No, well, that was that one goal. Over the last five weeks, they've they've seen the other side of his James. Obviously, it's, the other, it's not just the other side of his James; it's the other side of football. But the people I would blame are the Chelsea fans that you know went to compare with all these consistent left backs like the Arnold and the Cancelo. You know, he's still he's not <laughs> he's still he's still a good player or or a very nice talent prospect for. I would I think it's too early to compare with the likes of the Cancelos and the Arnolds that have been doing it season in season out. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still stand on my COVID thing. Like yes, why is that? My deal with that COVID that they should just they should just if the cases are getting too much, just pause the league. Well, it's because people that are getting their matches postponed now. They are going to have mm-hmm. their matches jump up next year. Obviously, they should be they should be prepared for that. Look at so nobody's going to benefit in the end. City have a very very huge squad, 
So she's city city are just you know flying away and flying away and I don't know, sure. It's Premier League. They they, they know, know how they do their things. And then whatever about this, see, this COVID issue, but I'm not really comfortable with the Premier League just canceling. And I see this. I see this COVID issue as a work for all Premier League teams. You can, if you notice, City don't really have much cases compared to other teams. I see. I see it coming from the discipline aspect of this footballing yes. entire football. We know that it's COVID outside, and it's supposed mm. to be a responsibility on players not to go out, partying, mm. stay at home, considering the fact that they have football matches, jam-packed fixtures. But you can see um, about my hand, you can see Grealish, you know, in this type of situation, still going out to party is really, really, really concerning. But, well, there's there's nothing we can do. It, it's part of the tactic. <sighs> As a manager, I see it as the fact that you have to protect your your your, your players this this um this type of situation. But many managers are not really concerned about that, and it will really affect or help the team that is going to win the Premier League this season. I see it like that. City are winning the league. I've called it before the season started, and I'm improving rights. I mentioned somebody mentioned Jack Grealish. I want yeah. to touch more on Jack Grealish. That guy has been a flop, hasn't he? I won't call it. I won't call it a flop. It has been a flop. I called it. Do you, do you know why I won't call him a flop? Mm-hmm. You see, apart from um, there's a statistic that I'm building by myself that I've noticed in in the recent football. If you look at it, apart from Mbappe and Neymar, expensive mm-hmm. signing of over a hundred and plus million players. Let me not even say Mbappe and Neymar. Maybe Mbappe. Don't really play very well. Whatever, whatever team they, you can count like ten, yes. ten of them. If you buy players too expensive, recently expensive players don't play well. And you know why? Are, why is it that expensive players don't do well? Why? Obviously, I see it as football moving from um um what would I say from time when things. Don't used to be expensive to time whereby things have become so expensive because of what the level at which PM teams spend money these days. You know, many of these players that are signed for a hundred and something. If we look at it deep down, deep down, many of those players are not worth a hundred. Maybe few they are not worth a hundred. Yes. But many of them are not worth a hundred and all those huge amounts that they spend on those players. So I, the amount, the price tag is really affecting. Just, I think it's the price tag. I think the price tag puts a lot of pressure on the players as well. And some, like, and some crack, and some crack on that pressure, some deliver. But yes, Hazard is the worst signing ever, ever. I think Hazard is the worst signing ever. But Jagilish has to be up there with some of the worst over 100 million signings. Up there with continue and to like. Let's talk about Fernandes. There are rumors that Barcelona have signed him, and I think it's confirmed already that Barcelona have signed Fernandes. What exactly is Fernandes going to add for Barcelona? Because watching Barcelona play, I think a lot of things are missing. Obviously, we have too many young stars in that club. But another thing is that they lack a striker. I think the fact that they don't have a finisher 
is a very very huge problem for Barcelona because there's nobody to make those runs to prompt those passes. De Jong is the only one that has to come from the midfield sometimes to make those runs. And Ferran Torres is a winger. Is he going to be a little bit more because him and Dembele play a little bit of the same role, the right side of the attack? Is Ferran Torres going to be a little bit more central? Well, we also have Depay. So, what do you think Ferran Torres is going to add to Barcelona? Obviously, I see the signing of Ferran Torres as a very, very nice, like a very, very nice buy because you know, for what he has done for the Spanish national team in recent times, and then yeah. Man City, he showed times and great prospects in Manchester City, and you can see he has the skills. Majorly, yeah. I see Ferran Torres' um, um, signing as as the signing to fill um, Barcelona's um, striking problem because you know they have had a few um, problems in that central position, that number nine position, which Ferran Torres is not a full number nine, but he can play that position because if you watch him at um, for Spain, he played that position for Spain. At Manchester City, it was not consistent, but a few games, Pep Guardiola moves him to that number nine position, that number nine striking, you know. Some people were thinking that maybe it would be the solution to Manchester City's um, um, striking problem, but as we can see now, he has moved to Barca and uh, the other I think, day I was watching... I think the plan was always for Ferran Torres to actually eventually be that guy for Man City, but Pep sold him to Barcelona because... I think Pep still has a soft spot for Barcelona, so he's just like, I have some intent at my disposal, I can just give you Ferran Torres. Because I think Pep had huge plans for the guy. Continue. Obviously, obviously, you can see from his comments that he said things like, if a player wants to leave, he won't, he won't disturb the player or he won't stop the player, he will just let mm. them leave. Which is something I don't believe because Man City never wanted Leroy Sané to leave. You know, they never accepted Lerasane to leave, but Ferrantunes was a different case. It was just so easy for Barca to just get the guy Because it is Barcelona, guy. That's what I was saying. Like, yes. because it is Barcelona. Pep has a soft spot yeah. for Barcelona. I think he will release anybody to that club. And, and, and then, then I have I have a feeling that you eventually probably go back to Barcelona at some point. Because, you know, yeah. he has a, a very soft spot. He's already planting the seeds. Yeah. Let's go back, back to Ferrantunes. Do something about Ferrantunes. Yes, I think I think you know, I think Ferran Torres is a very very direct player, not too skillful. Yes, but he has and, and I like him because of that. I like him that he's direct. I like direct yeah. players. Direct. You know what you're getting, Ferran Torres. Yes, probably just two on one skill, beat the player, run for the ball, score his goal. You know, that type of player, you know, we barely get those type of players in today's football, but I'm so happy for Barca, at least, you know, with the mixture of all these young talents, it seems like the team is finally coming to their, to their full eleven, which is for the fans, because, you know, you like to see full Barca. I think Barcelona will be better at the international, after the, Barcelona will be better after the Christmas week. Well, I, I don't see Barca becoming better, and then... Um, I don't, I don't think like better, better, like they'll go on to win any title. I think they are going trophyless. And even next season, I don't think they'll be that good. But eventually, I think in the next like five years, they'll win the Champions League title. Basically, I, they can still they can be very good very soon. Because they, they don't really have problem with their attack. I see their problem coming more from the defense, you know. 
there was a statistic that Barca has considered up to like 22 goals in the last this season compared to some other teams. I be compared to Barca standards, but that which, which is too much. Yes, they concede a lot. And another thing is that they are creating chances, but they are not taking it. That's where I feel Fernandez will come in. Because if you look at the attack, Memphis Depay is, has never been a finisher. Dembele is not that clinical. Yeah. Who else is there? Fatih is kind of clinical, but he's still very young. You can't rely on that guy. I don't know the problem with Fatih. Yeah, I don't know if he's, in, if he's injury prone or I don't know, man. He just came back. I think Fatih new medics. Need to get new therapist and all these things because their players are going on injury way too much. Too much, too much, especially and for young guys. Because their their training is not really that hectic. Charlie before Javi came, their training was really light. So anytime they get to the match, most of their problems because their players are not training rigorously at all. So when they get to the match, they kind of overwork their muscles and they tend to have muscle muscle tear and all these things. So I think Barcelona need new so a lot of things need to be changed around the club. But signing Fernandez is a huge step forward. I think it's a very huge step forward. Yeah, Fernandez is being and good step, very good step too. Yeah, it brings a lot to the team and a front line of Fernandez, Memphis Depay, and Dembélé should be good. No, yeah, there, are, there are a lot of them. Asifati, Fernandez, Memphis. You no, know? it's good for them. To- Different players that you know they can choose from. Give yes, that is good. It's good. But Real Madrid are also grooming talent at the same time. Vinicius Junior is turning tables. <laughs> yes, I don't know. You know, we, from a video that I saw of Vinicius Junior, it was just it was not just from um, Real Madrid's perspective or the coach's perspective. It was from his perspective. He improved it training system employed a new trainer and you know he's become a very very he looks like a new signing a brand new player break yeah he looks like a very direct he does skills when he needs to do them and you know the skills have been working together with um, Benzema who who looks rejuvenated ever since Cristiano Ronaldo left um, Real Madrid so um, Benzema Ronaldo left Real Madrid sorry I think Benzema has been on another level since on another level Real Madrid. Yes, on another level, very, very, very clinical, and he looks more like a real player, than, you know, a talisman, the main man of a team. Yes, and he's a perfect guy to like guide and mold Vinicius Junior anyway. Yeah. yeah when I, we're I talking about really... transfers, we did we talk about Hazard? Um, Eden Hazard. Oh well, my God. <laughs> I don't have much to say on Eden Hazard. Yeah, he has that guy now. <laughs> I'm a Chelsea number one. I wouldn't like want to blame him a lot, you know. <laughs> His match against them, there was a match he played recently. Was he against Cardiff or which team was that? My God, he was awful against Cardiff. Yeah, it was his 50th start for Real Madrid. I'll be 50th game, I'll be start for Real Madrid, which is very, if you look at it, He's, he's been there for over like two years, and you know, it's just starting the 50th game, which is really, really bad. You know, I, I don't believe that you're trying to give him excuses. I'm giving him excuses because you know, he works both ways. As you mean, he had um, he was a fit player and wasn't performing. You know, we could we could all go against him, but he has had injury complications. What's the criticism of Neymar is Neymar went to PSG. Neymar has not been keeping himself fit. 
so he doesn't play up to 30 matches in the season. The same thing should go for Eden Hazard. But Eden Hazard's situation is worse than Neymar. Every time Eden Hazard plays, there's always this fear, fear yeah, there that you get injured. Almost every time. You can't cope with the La Liga or what? I don't get no, I don't think it's the La Liga. I just think I don't know. It's it's already time. I don't think you can really play that much football again. You know. I because think Hazard has been done. He's done at the top level of football. He's done. Yeah, because this injury, the injuries are too consistent and they're really affecting him. So the first problem he had was coming to Real Madrid overweight. You don't come into Real Madrid overweight. You see, the problem with coming to Real Madrid overweight was the fact that Hazard was always overweight at Chelsea. I see that. The fact that um, <coughs> um, Real Madrid tried to change the entire training um, um, style and, you know, the, the overweight, he had to reduce weight, he had to do this, he had to do that. I think he really... Yes, because when you're playing for a club like Real Madrid, that's a huge step up from Chelsea. No disrespect. Obviously. A lot of things are expected. You you so, came to free in the shoes of Cristiano. Yes. It also goes another way. Obviously. You, Hazard was not the player of Cristiano, you know, everybody know that Hazard was not half as good as Cristiano, or probably Cristiano was far better than Hazard, and at his age, he couldn't be the guy to, I see it as Real Madrid did not free Hazard enough, because at Real Madrid, at Chelsea, there was this story I read online that um, before the match, Hazard will not train, he will not do anything, just be playing, playing game, and then once he gets to the match, he you know, some players need that level of freedom to be able to like to <laughs> to perform. Yes, but it works when you are playing for Chelsea in the Premier League. No one you are playing for Real Madrid. That's what I have to say. That's the problem. Um, Real Madrid signed Hazard to come and play for Real Madrid, <laughs> almost like the way he plays for Chelsea. Because if that's not the way they wanted Hazard to play, then why did they sign him? Performances at Chelsea. So I think that stuff really affected him a lot and. I'm not trying to make excuses, but if I have any advice for Hazard, I think he should return to his former club or just go somewhere else. I think he's. Will you, as a as a Chelsea fan, will you want Hazard back? Obviously, I He's a team legend, and I'm a Chelsea fan. I believe that possibly if we can just manage him, we can still get one or two out of him before he finally retires. But I don't know. I was never for Hazard signing in the first place, so. Whatever happens with Hazard at this point, I don't really care. I don't really care again at this point. Whatever happens with Hazard, I just feel he should be out of Real Madrid. And the fact that Vinicius Junior has come good this season has not helped Hazard's case also. Yeah, so a lot of factors are, a lot of factors are actually working against Hazard. 